Hey guys, welcome to the Fieldcrafts for All podcast. I'm going to be your host for this ad space. Just want to bring attention to a couple companies that really make this possible for us. And uh, these are some really good folks out there. First company I want to bring some attention to is Black Rifle Coffee. If you have been living under a rock, you might not know that Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned coffee company. They're located over in Salt Lake City, but there are stores opening up all over the United States now, and the coffee is available online and all over the place. Uh, You really want to go take a look at some of the stuff that they offer. I'm a big fan of their instant coffee packets for travel. You know, when the airline comes around and they're like, hey, you know, do you want something to drink? I usually will just say, give me hot water uh, and I'll use the Black Rifle coffee packets just because it's so damn strong. Uh, I would rather do that than use some of their other kind of anemic coffee. So I'm a big fan of Black Rifle coffee, instant coffee packs. Uh, Other stuff that they have that you might want to pay attention to, obviously they've got a whole lineup of ground coffee. They're just black, silencer smooth, gunship. I mean, the list goes on and on. We, of course, at Fieldcraft Survival have the Endurance blend of coffee, which is pretty damn good. And if you come to any of our training events, you're more than likely going to find it brewing uh, over the campfire. That is, if you come to our survival training events, I don't know if these jokers are doing at the, the gun stuff. They're probably, I don't know, doing something else, but they're not drinking Black Rifle coffee over a campfire. Totally different class. All right. So uh, check these guys out, BlackRifleCoffee.com. You can use our coupon code, which is CRAFT15, and that's going to give you a discount when you check out. The only thing I think that is not included with this Black Rifle Coffee coupon code CRAFT15 are the ready-to-drink things. They're just too damn heavy to ship, I'm guessing, but you can get all your coffee you can get Keurig cups. You can get all sorts of good stuff. And uh, I highly, highly suggest you check them out. The other company I want to bring your attention to is Sig Sauer. Sig Sauer is located up in New Hampshire. And if you guys are not familiar with New Hampshire, state motto, live free or die. That's right. Granite State, awesome people up there. I love going back to New England. I was born in New England and I spent a lot of time up in New Hampshire and I've spent a lot of time at the Sig Sauer Academy training all different types of firearms and all different types of uh, skills and and skill sets. So uh, please check them out, sigsauer.com and uh, take a look at where they've been and what they've done, right? Sig is one of those names that you can rely on, you can trust. They've been in the game a very, very long time. Um, it seems like in the 80s and in the 90s, the classic series pistols were really popular, right? Like the 220, 226, 228, 229. And then you start getting into the 2000s and the 2010s. And then you start seeing the emergence of other guns that SIG is producing, like the new 320, 365 variations that have come out and really just cornered the market when it comes to highly customizable guns. So please check them out as well. Um, and if you really want to try out something a hell of a lot of fun, you got to get your hands on either the MCX or the MPX. It, the way I can describe these two rifles, uh, well, rifle or pistol, depending if you get it with a pistol brace, it just has a different recoil impulse. It feels really, really good. Uh, sweet shooting guns, um, highly, highly capable guns. So please check them out. That is sigsour.com. And if you get a chance, check out the instructors. A lot of them have their own pages. Uh, from the SIG Academy. Again, great folks over there. So please check them out, sixhour.com. All right, guys, here we go. Let's get to this podcast.
Hey guys, this is Kirsten with Fieldcraft Survival Podcast today. Without further ado, we are going to get into our guest speaker today, Brie Linval. She is an avid hunter, big game hunter to be specific, mom of three, and lover of the outdoors. She also runs a nonprofit called Montana Grid Outdoors that is for veterans and gold member families. Yep. So <clears throat> let's get into the tough, badass woman that you are and give me a little bit about your journey, born family members. Okay. Um, so I'm from a tiny little town in Montana with a population of you know, 900 people. Um, we're pretty far off of the beaten path. So, I mean, you won't find us off of an interstate. I mean, you have to hit, you know, a highway and find us in a little pocket up against the mountains. It's just, it's incredible. <laughs> it sounds amazing. You know, I mean, <laughs> I've moved, you know, a couple times and my heart just keeps going back there. So, uh, but that's where I was born and raised, Phillipsburg, Montana. Um, I grew up with my sister and my brother. Um, and I've got family in New York. I got siblings in New York. My dad's in New York. Um, and I grew up, um, with my other dad, um, who adopted me as a baby. Uh, he's the one that got me into hunt, got me into hunting and stuff, just seeing him do it. You know, um, that's how we provided for us. That's how we put food on the table. You know, him and my mom worked really hard and, you know, it's just, it was helpful. It was just a way of life because that's how he grew up as well. That's so. awesome. So would you say he's the biggest influence to, your current life now of being a big game hunter and and focusing so much of your energy and even this nonprofit, the stuff that you were going to get into later with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he was, he's like a key player <laughs> for me. You know, he, he tells me all the little, uh, tricks and stuff like that, you know, and, um, he's really a really good guide and he is full of so much knowledge. Um, I mean, there's not a question he can't answer. So is growing up in a small town like that, do you really have a choice to be anything other than an outdoors, <laughs> an outdoorsman, outdoor woman? Um, <laughs> not really. I hate that we have to like specify the differences. I know. I used I know. to hate when it would be like, when I was a police officer and you would be, oh, this is a police woman. Well, why can't I just be a police officer? You know, that yeah. sets, yeah. it's harder. Like I just, I don't even know how to explain the frustration that comes with it, but it almost sets you apart and makes it even more obvious that, hey, I'm a woman here. Like, yeah. look, I'm a woman yeah. doing this job in a male dominated, you know, area. And you don't want that attention drawn to you. Yeah. You just well, want to do the job or do the art form, whatever you want to call it when it comes to hunting. Have you experienced that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> like you, I don't, um, I don't go into it with something to prove, you know, right. um, like, like you, I'm sure your job, you did it because you loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, you wanted to do it. I hunt because I want to, because I love it so much. And you just happen to be a woman. Yeah. And I just happen to be a woman. <laughs> yeah. Tula has always said that to me. You just happen to be a woman, but yep. you do this stuff really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is, you know, in the hunting world, shooting world, you know, it is, it is definitely male dominated, be mm -hmm. dominated because 
it has been since the beginning of time, you know, so you do have to be a little tougher skinned um, mm-hmm. and just go into it with confidence, you know, just learn as much as you can, you know. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't personally, I've never wanted the attention of that because it doesn't, it doesn't help anything. It almost hurts and sets you back because yeah. it draws attention to that subject when you just want to, you just want to do it. Yeah. You, know, you just, just want to get what the job you got to do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So off, off my tangent, um, <laughs> growing up, what were your hobbies? Obviously doing anything outdoors. Yeah. Just straight up growing up. I mean, just fishing, camping, driving around with my buddies in the woods. You know, that's literally all we did other than work. <laughs> Yeah, But we did it because, you know, we'd go out, we'd shoot gophers. Um, you know, we did a ton of hiking. You know, we'd hike into mountain lakes and, you did know, Did you ever camp. need a map? No, I never used one. Um, just knew it that well and just so much terrain to... Yeah. Well, you know, growing up wise, um, as far as being in the woods and stuff, I was always with people, you know, that knew where they were going and stuff. And we would go to the same places over and over again anyway. So that's just kind of how I learned it. But as far as, you know, my current hunting life, mm-hmm. um, I, I just started using Onyx Maps last year and it's a great tool and everything. What is it again? Onyx Maps. Okay. But I kind of wish that I didn't um, start using it because before that, you know, uh, my dad, you know, he would drop me off in places and, you know, he'd be like, okay, you're going to, you're going to go 200 yards you know, down and then stay to the right. And, you know, you're going to hit this draw and then come out on the road or something, you know, and that's how I found my way out was how old were you when he first dropped you in the middle of the woods and told you to find your way out? You know, it wasn't too long ago. Um, cause I just started hunting on my own about four years ago. Okay. And so two seasons ago was when I actually first started really hitting it hard by myself. Um, because you basically, walked you over to the deep end and threw you in yeah yeah yep yeah that's he awesome. had confidence in me though yeah you know well and it worked yeah and if I got lost I think he you know knew where he could go find me <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully, <yeah. laughs> hopefully um but yeah so because in the past I mean I gosh I worked so much and um you know just having my kids and everything I always had a baby mm. you know I mean my first solo buck I had a baby in a backpack and a three-year-old. No way. With me. So tell me about that. Um, so my husband was in the oil field still because, you know, the hitches were two weeks on, two weeks off. And okay. I couldn't find childcare, and I wanted to hunt so bad. And I was just sick of not, you know, sick of relying on somebody else to take me or, you know, figure it out with the kids. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. I'm just going to take them with me. So we walked for a little ways and my neighbor, Audrey, came with me for a while. And then, um, you know, we were unsuccessful throughout the day. And then I went back out in the afternoon and uh, the baby had fallen asleep. And so I had him in in the truck and I could see him, you know, and me and Axel, my oldest boy, because this is what he wanted to do for his birthday, by the way, he he wanted to go hunting for his birthday. So I didn't think we were going to be successful, but we were so. Anyway, um, so we went about 200 yards away from the pickup, you know, and it was in an area where I could still see where the truck was and, every, and you know, we're in the middle of the woods on a private road. Like nobody's. <laughs> if somebody drove by, I would have known who they were. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally anytime you run anybody, run into anyone in the woods out there, you know each other. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, so I spotted this doe and it was during the rut <clears throat> and I knew there was going to be a buck nearby. So I was like, Axel, you know, I was like, I need you to just stand really still. Uh, you said during the rut? Yeah. The so rut. for people who don't know what that is, go ahead. Okay. So that's like mating season, you know, so the bucks, when, they're really dumb, you know, kind of like, you know, when elk are in Anything the to get some. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and so I knew continue. there was going to be a buck and I, <laughs> and I looked up and sure as heck there's, you know, I could see the silhouette of the horns and he was standing broadside. And so I got down and shot and he was done in one shot and Axel was just floored. You know, he thought that was the coolest thing. And just the feeling I got from that, <clears throat> it was just so satisfactory, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just felt so good accomplishing that yeah i mean and it was just you and your three-year-old yeah right yeah and And then your other how old was he he was three months and he was three months sleeping in the car that's so bad so i walk up to the i mean he was like done you know and i was shooting like a savage it was a six five creedmoor and um so i walked up to it and he's laying there i'm just like man how cool but now I got to figure this out. And, well, so, <laughs> and you're, you're, you're being an incredible example to your son. Yeah. Yeah. Ever you know? since they're little. So it's been a tradition ever since then, like to shoot a buck around Axel's birthday. If I can. And did you go through all the process with him? Yeah. Too, so, so you can see how you don't waste and. Yep. Yep. Every year. And so my dad, um, I called him of course, cause I'm like, I've never gutted a, a deer before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cause I had shot one deer before that ever. And, um, I shot it in the guts and we had to quarter it and, you know, so I didn't actually get to gut it out. But, um, anyway, so my dad shows up and, you know, he just, and I drug it down the hill, you know, and, and he just stood behind me and just told me how to do it. You know, he guided me through it just with words. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, did the whole thing and Axel's, you know, look, I'm holding the leg, mom, you know, helping and he's so proud and what a great story so that was your first buck that was my first solo buck first solo my first buck by myself okay yeah and after that i was like well gosh if i can do this i can definitely go shoot an elk without kids yeah you know yeah (laughs) that's awesome what a great story yeah um okay so tell me a little bit more about your family so you're married with three boys Mm -hmm. and uh, I know that you have a lot of family members who are in the military and stuff. What yeah. gave you the passion for this nonprofit, the Montana Grid Outdoors? And you and your husband, neither of you are in the military. So where did that come from to want to help these Gold Star families and veterans? So I was definitely looking for a niche. And, um, I mean, I've got a long list of military in my family, you know, my great grandfather, my, my grandma, she raised me, she was in the army. Um, two of my uncles, uh, two of my brothers, um, you know, my, and then my two, um, grandpas also, I mean, they all, my little cousin, she's in right now too. Um, so they all served and, you know, I was thinking about it because I wanted to use my passion for hunting 
to help people. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. What made you, before we continue that, what made you not uh, join the military? It just wasn't influenced. Okay. You know, um, nobody in my family really talked about it. Um, you know, after 9-11 hit and everything and, you know, everybody got shipped over to Afghanistan, Iraq and stuff, you know, my grandma was really upset. You know, she she would cry when the TV would, you know, if it, if it, if she saw it on the TV or anything, she would just fall apart. You mm-hmm. know, it just really bothered her. So she kind of, you know, she just never talked about it. She didn't steer me in that direction. She didn't influence it on me. You know, she was more like, um, you know, figure it out. <laughs> Find yeah. your talents and your passions and use that, you know. So what made you realize that hunting was a talent and a passion of yours? When I, I figured it out, um, probably two years before that solo buck hunt. Because um, that's when I started going Was out. there a single moment or was it just an overall eventual? Actually, let me back up. Like my actual passion for hunting started um, when I started going to hunting camp with my Uncle John. Okay. Yeah. And we'd bring in the horses and stuff and... Um, you know, we'd ride them in like seven miles or something like that. And we'd hunt and then we'd go back down, you know, and tie the horses up to the high line again and stuff. And it was just really cool. It just kind of rooted, you know, it's, I mean, the roots were already there, I guess. It was just, I guess they just got watered, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about that camp that, that watered the roots, if you will? Um, Honestly, like when he would kick me and my little cousin off to go on the trails by ourselves and go hunt. And I thought it was so cool, you know, going up the trail with my, my heavy pack on and everything. Yeah. It wasn't even that heavy, but yeah, <laughs> at the time. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. We're going to go hunting. You know, I got my gun, you know, it's not even sighted in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back then, you know, and I was like, well, whatever, when I see a deer, I'm going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I was just like gonna bring home the bacon you know never saw one never saw an elk never saw every time and then every time i would leave camp somebody would shoot something yeah you know and i'm just like i would just be so frustrated year after year and i worked so hard that over the years i had a window of like five days to hunt each season or three days because you were always working yeah yep and you know working in the oil field and stuff like that and um so now that I, you know, after I got done in the oil field and came back home to Montana and had my first baby, um, I spent a lot more time home and being in the woods and everything. And so then I started hunting on my own. And um, I actually (laughs) have kind of an embarrassing story. Oh, do tell. (laughs) I mean, so, so I'm up, you know, in this area, you know, about above where I live and I was hunting and stuff and and I'm sitting there I get there super early and I'm like way too early so I'm in the dark and it's cold and I'm sitting there just waiting for the sun to come up I'm like I know when the sun comes up something's gonna be in that park you know Mm -hmm. well first of all I got there too early so I got cold you know and um I had to borrow my dad's rifle and I had shot it a few times you know and I knew it was shooting low and to the right so I had you know okay, well, if I have to shoot something, I need to aim high and to the left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
And so anyway, the sun comes up and there's all these deer out there, right? And there's just this monster whitetail buck. I mean, this thing was huge, <laughs> especially for that area. And I'm just like watching this thing and I'm like, holy cow, I see it in my, my binoculars, you know, and, and I'm like, that's a big buck, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, my adrenaline's going. And so pretty soon he starts coming down the hill towards me and he probably came within maybe 50 yards, <laughs> maybe closer. <laughs> and so I'd get this thing in my crosshairs, right? And I'd be, I'd have my gun up, I had it on the rest, on the fence, you know, and I'd, okay, I'd take my breath and I'd let my breath out and I would, and I would just shake. Oh, because you were so cold. I was so nervous. Oh, nervous. I was so scared. Okay. I'm like, gosh, what if I blow its face off or it takes off and I can't find it or something? And man, I screwed up. I mean, I watched this thing for like 10 minutes. It was insane. It was just chasing these does in circles because it was during the rut. And I mean, this buck was just like, it was a bit, I haven't seen a buck that big up close before, especially not where I live. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, man. so that was, you know, kind of where I was like, man, I was that close to that animal. And I, t I mean, today, no, I mean, I was done, yeah. you know, but so after that year of just, and I went back looking for that buck every single morning. And nothing. <laughs> every evening, every morning, nothing. Oh. Like, I mean, I even like, you know, got out of work one day just to go find this thing. And it just haunts me to this day, you know? Right. So that kind of is what threw me into that, you know, so the season after that was when I was really starting to... Um, get into it again. I think I, gosh, was I pregnant with my second baby after that season? Yeah. Yep. Cause then that's when I shot my solo buck after that. And then after that, um, I was pregnant with my third baby and took the other two out and shot another one. And I made them drag it down the hill. Cause I was like seven months pregnant. <laughs> That's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the nonprofit. So it's called Montana Grid Outdoors. Yeah. Uh, explain to us what a nonprofit is. So it's a so my nonprofit is a five hundred one c three. We're tax exempt. So all of the money um, that comes into the organization has to be like donation based, um, fundraising stuff like that. So everything that we raise is gonna go into the programs that we offer. So what we're doing right now, because we're starting kind of in a smaller window of things. Um, so when it comes to the hunts, right? So the hunts are specific for women of Gold Star families and women who lost somebody to PTSD. So let's talk about Gold Star family and what that is for people who don't know. Okay. so. A gold star family is, you know, a family who lost somebody in active duty, you okay. know, so, um, so that's where the niche comes in for me. You know, um, I found an avenue of people to help that, you know, don't get the attention that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, and through hunting, I mean, there's so much that you can learn about yourself through doing, and, and it's hard, you know, it's hard. It's, I mean, yeah, I talk about these deer hunts and everything, but it's different when you're hunting like an elk or something. And even if you are hunting a deer and you're not normally a hunter, 
it's still just as scary and intimidating, you yeah. know, with, yeah. you know, what kind of gun to use, you know, am I going to get lost, all this stuff. So, you know, what you discover in yourself, you know, while you're, you know, stepping through, you know, God's country and um, in a place where, you know, there's nothing but truth around you. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's no obligation. There's nobody distracting you. There's nothing but you and the mission. And you don't have to focus on the mission the whole time if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll learn along along the way. I mean, there's just so many things that happen in a hunt. You know, you get, and everybody's going to be different. Like, I'm sure I'm going to get people that are going to really want to just have that success. And I'm going to get people that are afraid, mm-hmm. you know. And so this is for spouses of so just any any female from a gold star family so like women a sister only, okay. a daughter a wife you know okay. um yeah just for now we're just gonna keep that small window of people and then mm-hmm. also you know same goes for the category of families that lost somebody to ptsd so, so you seem super passionate about this and um I'm not trying to call you out, but a little bit yeah. emotional. Like yeah. it, it brings up some emotions for, for you talking about um, what this means for you, which shows um, the genuine uh, attitude you have toward this. Where does that come from? You know, I don't know. I think it's more like, I guess just, just paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. to things less paid attention to that matter like finding that need you know because I see needs in a lot of areas for people for you know and it's simple it really is simple and um but it's just a matter of like okay so do you want to help that need do you want to take the time out of your life to help another person Mm -hmm. you know I mean it and it's it can be you know as simple as a smile you know, like I was walking through the airport and I'm like smiling at people and they're looking at me. And they're like, yeah, you know, like, is she really smiling So it seems like <laughs> um, you saw the need for these women. Yeah. And you thought the a good, I don't know, therapy yeah. for that would be hunting because it yep. was for you. And yep. it helped you with um, some of your trauma and stuff like that. Yep. And that... Uh, isolation alone in the woods, just you, God, and the buck or yep. whatever the other animal is, you know, in that yep. that time to self-reflect and that time to, I mean, what is it about that that made you say, you know what, that that is healing, that's medicine? So an elk hunt is, you know, um, it's just so much more difficult than hunting deer. You know, it's, that's really where my passion is. You know, this eye keeps watering. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's just the one eye. (laughs) Um, so anyway, um, my passion is like truly though driven towards elk hunting Mm -hmm. and it's, it's difficult. And so why you, you, I don't know a ton about it. Okay. Okay. So why, why do I have such a passion for elk hunting? Is that what you're asking? Why is elk hunting so hard? Oh, why is it so hard? Um, because they live up high (laughs) and they're extremely smart 
and they can smell a mile away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how far they can smell, but you know, I'm just figuratively speaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, they catch wind of you and they're out of there. They're gone, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, you won't even hear them, you know? I mean, and but you'll see their tracks. They were just there, but you'll never see them. So why, why elk hunting for these women in your nonprofit? Um, well, you know, honestly, the elk hunting isn't the only hunting we're going to um, Oh, so target. you're going to do all yeah. kinds of hunting. Because we're going to okay. provide these hunts all over the country. Okay. So tell me more about, you know, what is it that you guys do and what does it do for them? So. Obviously, you provide hunting. Yeah options all over the country. Yeah. So we're going to be going through other outfitters and stuff and it's going to force, you know, our participants to step out of their comfort zones Mm. and to do something that's going to force them to use their capabilities mentally and physically that they probably don't even know are there or are aware of. Yeah. I mean, that's Uh, why I I preach about getting out of your comfort zone because that is where you find your strength. The the hardship and the falling and getting back up and then realizing, man, that was one of the hardest things I ever did. Mm -hmm. But afterward, you're like that. I am so empowered now. I have uh, gained confidence. You see, like when I went through SWAT tryouts, it was um, basically during the winter. All of it was during the winter. Mm -hmm. And I, my nemesis is cold. Yeah, it was miserable (laughs) sloshing through creeks, you know, like literally the water went over my head and I disappeared for a little bit. Thank God one of the guys noticed and pulled me back up. But like that, I was so miserable in the moment and I hated every second of that, that stuff, especially with the water. But then afterward you look back and you're like, man, I am capable of way more than I ever realized if my mind would just knock it off, like your mind wants you to quit. Your mind's telling you, you can't, um, but your body can, your body is capable of so much. Like God created an amazing thing in the human body Yeah. and what we can do and accomplish. And we're stronger than we think faster than we think when you're pushed to that limit. I think that is a therapy that nothing else can provide. No medicine in the world, no counselor in the world can give you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all about mindset. Yes. Mindset and choosing. Are you going to make a choice mm-hmm. to stay in and be comfortable and in your warm you know, house just, with a blanket? Just be, you know, when you know you want more, you can be something more. Well, and the more to... you do it, the more that mindset changes, right? Yeah. Like exactly. I'm sure the first time you went in the freezing cold of Montana looking for a buck or an elk or whatever. Yeah. You're like, gosh, I could literally just go back home and be warm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got myself in a situation last year, you know, I mean, I was chasing these elk and, you know, I was, gosh, with, I mean, I got within like 40 yards of them and I still didn't see them. I picked up their, their poop out of the snow, mm-hmm. out of the snow and it was warm. Yeah. And I heard them take off and I was just, man, and I just wasn't approaching it right though. It was lack of knowledge, you know, because you know, I'm not, I but mean, the I'm, next time the mindset I would venture to guess was even stronger. Like yeah. every time you do something like that, then the next time you go out, like I bringing it back to my experiences, 
then when we would have like super cold trainings or miserable days mm-hmm. out on call outs and stuff, your mindset isn't, oh, I could just leave. Or I could just go home. Your mindset is, well, it's cold. That sucks. Let's move on. Yeah, Keep going. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it and then your mind starts following what your you know your body can do. It's a exactly. super cool experience. Yeah, just like get that. out of your comfort zone, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like that elk hunt I was just talking about. I mean, I just kept go. I mean, it was a snowstorm too. Yeah. You know, and I was by myself, and I went up so far and just ended up in the steep area that was just spooky and. The snow was, I mean, there was no tracks anymore. I couldn't see the track. I mean, you know, and I finally turned around and I got myself out of there. But coming out, I got a little tangled up, mm. you know. I was like, man, I mean, that feeling, that panic. Yeah. You know, but I still, I kept with it and I just kept moving and I had an idea of which direction the truck was. <laughs> and so I just went with it and yeah. made it out there. But it was just making that decision. So like when these women come and do these programs with us, the goal is for them to go home with their mindset changed. Yes. So like moving through, you know, your grief or even if you're, if you've accepted the loss, whatever it is you have facing you right now, because everybody has something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whether it's a job or a, a task or, you know, something. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's the goal, you know, and also to give them the acknowledgement and the understanding like, Hey, we care about you. Yeah, this is this is an awesome nonprofit. I think it can make a huge difference in the lives of these women that um, typically primarily aren't the focus. I mean, I know there's there's plenty of nonprofits that do focus on um, the spouses of fallen heroes and things like that. But Mm -hmm. normally it's focused on the actual veterans, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's it's tough. It's tough being the one at home and having to pick up the pieces. Yeah. So this is, this is awesome. Um, so we, we also offer, um, four day all inclusive fully catered workshops for men and women veterans as well. Okay. Tell me a little about that. Yeah. So right now we're going to be going through, cause we haven't actually had an opportunity yet. We have a great, a big fundraiser coming up you know, which is going to fund our first activities. Yeah, tell me about the fundraiser and how people can learn more about that just so that. Yeah, so um, we're putting on a big concert. We've got a guy, his name is Brian Davis out of Nashville, and he's a singer-songwriter. He wrote number one hits for Jason Aldean, Brantley Gilbert, Lee Bryce, just a super nice guy, and he's doing us a solid favor because he quit touring. Mm. But because it's for our veterans, raising money for our our organization, he, um, he agreed to, to come down and do it. So that's awesome. Um, anyways, so we're, we're so hoping, it's a big concert yeah, in, in Phillipsburg. Okay. Yep. In Phillipsburg, Montana when? on July 29th, July 29th. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, and how can people find more info on that? So they can go online to montanagritoutdoors.com and you can get tickets there. And if you go to the event page, it'll tell you everything about our event. You know, we're, we have a live auction. We're auctioning a hunt that was donated by Four Horse Outfitters. Um, we've got another guy that donated a shoulder mount to go with the hunt. So it's like a combo um, awesome. auction. And then uh, Horse Soldier Bourbon. Have you heard of them, guys? I haven't. Um, so... You know the movie 12 Strong? 
Yeah. And it's about yeah. the guys that went out on the horses. Mm-hmm. Well, five of those guys were Green Berets, I do believe. And four, or I don't remember if it was four or all five of them started the distillery called Horse Soldier Bourbon. And all their bottles are molded with 911 steel. So they donated a bottle of their bourbon that was signed by four of those five Green Berets. That's awesome. Yeah, for us to to auction at our event too. So, um, and then there's another organization called Brass Shepherds for Veterans and they provide PTSD dogs. And so Mm. free of charge for our veterans. And so we're also auctioning one of their dogs and, and to be, it's basically the sponsorship for the dog to be, you know, the dog has a person, we're auctioning the sponsorship and then the winner of that gets like a two night stay out at rock, this place called Rock Creek with some fly rods and stuff. And so anyways, um, it's going to be a big, it's going to be our first big fundraiser. Yeah. Um, I've never put on a fundraiser this big before and we're hoping to bring in 2,500 people, Wow. but it's hard because you know, guests. that's more than the town. I know, <laughs> but it's a great venue. You know, it's an outside yeah. amphitheater. There's a stage and everything. And we've got a local guy as our opener. His name is Levi Blom. He's out of Butte, Montana, and he's super high energy. It's it's just going to be a Good. blast. It's going to be so much fun. So, so I distracted you from um, what the veterans, what else you do for the actual veterans. Yeah. So with the money that we make at this fundraiser, is going to fund our first hunt that we do. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple gals I'm talking to right now, um, Gold Star Women, mm-hmm. uh, to set up a hunt. Um, and it's all gonna depend on how much we can raise. And then we're also gonna start planning our first workshop. So we're doing workshops basically. Um, and what do so these workshops involve? We'll bring in like, say seven guys, mm-hmm. you know, or seven gals, you know, it'll be separate. But, um, you know, we'll, will provide some sort of class that's fun, you know, something cool, working with your hands, learning a new skill, you know, something like that. Um, you know, say I got a guy that can do leather tooling and this is an example, mm-hmm. you know, and he'll come in and teach, you know, bring the supplies, whatever we will cover, you know, the cost of all of that. And then, you know, do the class throughout the day. And then in the afternoon, you know, we'll find something like go shoot some gophers or just hang out or okay, <laughs> hang out by the fire and eat so, some awesome food. And so question, you know, since obviously my background is policing and I know um, the traumas and issues that families of police officers have as well as police officers, is this a, a program that you would open up to? Um, women who whose husbands have died on the line of duty or is this purely just veterans for now for now I put you on the spot yeah sorry yeah no it's great I love <laughs> but it. it's something that um yeah it, we really it doesn't get a lot of recognition now, are you talking and there's about, a lot of need are you talking about on the police end of things yes absolutely from a police perspective okay. so like if an officer dies in the line of duty yeah. like in Kentucky just last week there were a few killed. If those wives or daughters or sisters um, re- reached out to you, we would, would they absolutely be like, give them a, that's a awesome. chance. So I don't talk about this part because um, it's just so like it's so broad, you know, mm-hmm. to bring in the police end of things and the veteran end of things too. Because I definitely want to do a separate chapter for uh, the police force around the country. That's so awesome. to where we're going to put on the same type of programs 
the workshops, mm-hmm. and then also the hunts. Yeah, for the women. That would be amazing because uh, like one hundred percent police I want officers to do get that. left out a lot. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's on the agenda for sure. Yeah, um, and I'm not comparing what we do to like you know yeah. special forces or things like that, but um, it's not an easy job, especially yeah. in today's climate, and the hate that is thrown at police officers. Yeah, and the um, the unwillingness of the silent majority to stand up for them. Yeah, I think it's getting a little bit better in the last year or so, but before that. Uh, it's it was pretty bad. So no, there's a serious need there. Mm-hmm. And and originally, honestly, when I was first, um, you know, making up my business plan and and figuring out you know my target audience and everything, that was on there. And then I'm That's like, awesome. I'm like, crap, like it's a lot. I'm putting like way more are, work on you, and you already have so much work dealing with. All yeah. This. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I gotta start here, and then work my way now. But in the meantime. Now if you're somebody put work came, on me, yeah, because I could totally help. Yeah, from the police yeah. aspect, at least. <laughs> if somebody came to me and wanted an opportunity, I would absolutely give it to them. That's awesome. You know. Um. So tell me, uh, where can people follow you? You have an Instagram. Yep. Montana Grid Outdoors, right? Yep. So they can follow you on Instagram and MontanaGridOutdoors.com is your website. Yes. Anywhere else. Uh, we Are have you a Facebook, a Facebook page. page. Yeah, we have a Facebook what page. What is that too. one? It's just Montana Grit Outdoors. Oh, weird. Yeah. Same name. Yeah. It makes it really easy. It does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any, anything else um, of where people can follow you or look into you or anything like that? Um, no, yeah. that's, I mean, we we did start a YouTube channel, but I forget about it sometimes. I don't yeah. really, I mean, I just, man, I just don't have time for content no. right now because. I'm in the process of finding a person, you know, of hiring somebody to do the content portion. It's a know? it's a job all on its own. Trust but, me, I you had know, to realize uh, that. Man, the, the kids though, my three boys, like I don't want to expose them too much. Yeah. So I don't make a lot of content with them. Yeah. And I'm with them 24 seven. Right. <laughs> and so like I haven't posted. And over. you have to run the entire nonprofit, which yeah. I don't think people realize how much work goes into that. It's insane. It's very detailed, you know, like just the paperwork the, or well, the fundraising. Yeah, because you, know, you got to get um, your money from somewhere. Yeah. And you have to have like everything laid out. Like, mm-hmm. what did you spend money on and why? And right. What, you know, um, where's this money going? And this isn't you know? something that uh, like you're making money on. Like right now, you're not no. even making any money on <laughs> not it. Not a dime. You're just given <laughs> all your time and effort to do this, which, yep. um, I think really shows the heart and the love behind it, which is why I wanted to bring you out here and do this podcast and hopefully get the word out because people need to know about companies like this. Uh, We talked earlier about some quote unquote nonprofits that um, are just money makers and it's it's super sad. And, you know, maybe 10% goes to the actual veterans or the, uh, yeah, I almost said the name. So but you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, what you do though, you haven't made a dime, but you're putting all this work and effort into it because you yep. see the need and you want to help. And I admire that um, a lot. So please guys, if you are, have the time or the ability to financially help support this, it is an incredible organization that is doing some great stuff. 
and hopefully we'll do even more with police officers, which yep. <laughs> I will totally get on board with. Yeah, um, it's on the agenda for sure. So yeah. it's just, it's man, it's a lot of work though. I mean, when it comes to like the fundraising and everything, you know, I mean, you have to organize it and then you have to make sure people show up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's why this event right now, I'm just like, oof. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this so, is a big deal. July <laughs> so, 29th. 29th. Yeah. July 29th of this month, 2022. It's going to be out in Montana. You can check out the information and get tickets or the live auction on montanagridoutdoors.com. And please look her up on Instagram and start following her. She's doing some great stuff for our community. And um, it's truly what an American patriot looks like, in my opinion. So yep, it's a reminder. Yeah. This Thank concert. you, Bree. Yep. Thank you for being here and talking with me. And um, I don't know. What does Kevin say? Stay alive, <laughs> something, survive, stay alive. I don't know. All right, guys, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you the next time.